this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, please contact Nexus Church. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, just like the lyrics of that song that you're working, Lord, even when we can't feel it or we, we can't see any change, Lord, we know that you are with us. So we just open our hearts to you tonight, Lord, and say, have your way. And I pray for every person that they would encounter you tonight afresh, Jesus. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that breathes life into us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome to church. So glad you are here. If the... Um, Kids Church would love to go out with Pastor James and Pastor Marty. You've got a fun night ahead. And if the rest of you just like to take a seat. It's my honour to be able to share with you tonight. It's not something I take lightly. And I feel like God's really given me a word for tonight, so I'm pretty stoked to share it. And what I'm going to be talking about tonight is having a sign-based faith rather than, no, already stuffing it up, a sign-based faith versus a presence of God-based faith. And um, I just want to have a little chat about that and then I reckon we get back into God's presence, not that his presence has left, but you know what I mean. Um, for most of us, I'm sure we have at a time asked God to give us a sign about something. Would you agree with me about that? Even from our early days when we ask God into our life, it's something that we just automatically do because we can't physically see God. It's like we long for an external confirmation that God is with us. And I want to say from the start, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with needing God to show us who he is in a physical context. And just even this week as I've been preparing my message, I've been thinking about the many times that I have asked God for signs. And I'm going to share a few just so you know that I'm a human as well. But I still remember. And I actually now it's just dawning on me that this is potentially awkward because I'm married to Nathan. But I was actually at South Bank with another guy who didn't end up being my husband. <laughs> Did not think this one through. Sorry, Nath. But um, I remember just with a bunch of young adults, this is just a little... A little Thing of how we can ask God for signs. And I was at South Bank and we were all with our friends and the Ferris wheel was there and I remembered just, you know, thinking, God, if this guy is the one, he's going to sit on the Ferris with me and pay for my ticket. And he actually did that. <laughs> so we got on the Ferris wheel. Nothing weird happened, just to be clear. But it was like that moment where, for me, I thought I was, you know, that God was showing me a sign that this guy was going to marry me. And, you know, obviously that didn't work out. But in that moment, I thought God was showing me a sign that this guy was going to be my future husband. So glad that didn't work out, by the way. <laughs> Just for the record. <laughs> Another time. And this is like, this was probably one of the big ones in my life that kind of shook me. But I remember when I found out I was pregnant with Emerson. And I didn't at that point know the gender of of what he was going to be and I felt like God was showing me signs that I was going to have a daughter and we always had talked that if we had a little girl we would call her Poppy 
Um, it was like on my little list of names for girls. And we were living in America at the time. And I remembered one day I was um, driving to my obstetrician and she was on Poppy Lane. And so I thought, oh my goodness, this is it. Like God's showing me that we're going to have a daughter and her name's going to be Poppy. And we're laughing, but I was literally thinking this. <laughs> and there were so many other signs. Like there was another time I came home and we had a gardener and he had um, pulled out our whole front garden and had replaced the flowers with poppies. And I just remember looking at my gardener going, oh man, you don't even know what you're doing, but I'm having a daughter. Just going inside like, you know. <laughs> I remember going to Baby Gap and um, that's a clothing store in America and there was all these beautiful girls' clothes and they were all on half off sale and I remember buying them all and thinking, oh my goodness, my baby's going to be the best dressed little girl in town kind of thing. And then I went for my scan <laughs> and the lady told me it was 98% sure that it was a male. And I remember being absolutely just, what? I really thought God was showing me that I was going to have a daughter. And I wonder tonight if you've had those moments too in your faith where you were so certain that God was showing you a sign about something, but it actually wasn't. And... Um, I love Moses. He's one of my favourite characters in the Bible and I'd love to talk about him any chance I get. I think it's because I relate to him on so many levels. But I'm going to read to you tonight from Exodus 33, verse 12. So I'll just start there and I'll stop when I feel like it, guys, so just keep the words going. But this was taking place after Moses had... Um, rescued the people out of Egypt. He had walked people through the Red Sea. The sea had parted. So he had seen so many signs from God. That's what I'm trying to say tonight as well. It's not bad that we get signs from God, but he had seen God do incredible things and he was sitting in God's presence. And Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favour with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your way so I may know you and continue to find favour with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And I love that because it's not enough for him to have God's presence in his life, but he actually wants to see God's glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. How amazing must God's glory be that you can't even see it face on. I love that. You can only see the back of him. Then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I 
have passed it. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. I really think that in the relationship that Moses and God had, this moment was a turning point for Moses because after everything that he had been through and everything that he had seen God do with all the signs, he realised that to grow in maturity and grow in a deeper relationship with God, he needed God's presence with him, that he couldn't go and lead people or do things without him. And I think that is something for us to take a hold of tonight, that we need to remember that we can't go without God's presence in our life. We can have the signs and we can, you know, look for God to show himself to us. But to have a real maturity and to go deeper in our faith with God, we need to be able to go past the signs. And it doesn't matter if, you know, this way or this way, we have his presence in our life. There comes a point where our internal affirmation beats the external confirmation. That's what we need to know tonight, is that he wants to internally affirm himself to us rather than give us the signs. And the signs are good. I thought of this saying, which speaks my language, but it's almost like a sign is to complement your faith, like a good handbag complements your outfit, you know, for those handbag lovers out there. I did want to forget saying that point. I thought I was very clever saying that. I love handbags for those of you that don't know. So a handbag complements your outfit and it's not trivialising God's presence by any means, goodness me. But signs complement our faith but what we have to have deep in us is his presence with us. And you might be saying, how do I get God's presence? I don't even know where to start with that. And so in a little minute we're going to we're going to ask God's presence to come. And I know he's already with us, but for some of you, you haven't even entered that place tonight. Or maybe you don't live with God's presence every day. And I had this um, a little while ago. I felt like God gave me an image of a candle. And I'm just going to light it now. Hopefully this works and I don't set the fire alarms off. But having a candle... I like to think of as like having God's presence in your life. Let me just turn off my iPad. So, it illuminates even in the darkness. I feel like when you have God's presence and when you live in His presence, there are three things you can have. It's that he knows you by name. That's what it's saying in the scripture. In God's presence, you're not alone. And in his presence, there is rest. And just like this candle, it's not like a stagnant thing. It's not like a sign where it goes from pillar to post and we're looking and reading into things. But just like this candle is with us, and it moves with us. That's what God's presence does. So even when you walk around with it like this. And you might not be able to see the signs because you're having a minute where you might feel a little bit in the darkness. And you might feel a little bit like you can't see ahead of you. But when you have God's presence with you, even when you are in the darkness, he's with you. 
and he brings the comfort of his Holy Spirit and he brings peace and he brings rest even in the, in the dark times. And I want to read this scripture over us tonight. Psalm 119, verse 105, and it's from the Passion Translation, and it says, Truth's shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. To live my life by your righteous rules has been my holy and lifelong commitment. I'm bruised and broken, overwhelmed by it all. Breathe life into me again by your living word. Lord, receive my grateful thanks and teach me more of how to please you. Even though my life hangs in the balance, I'll keep following what you've taught me no matter what. And what he's saying there is that truth shining light guides you in your choices and decisions. And so, like I said before, you might be saying, Beck, how do I get God's presence in my life? How do I even start that? It's through his word. It's through reading his word. And that's why we're going to go deeper this year, by reading his word and spending time in his presence. So when you come to these points where the signs aren't clear and you're reading into things, you have his presence in your life and it steadies you. And if you're having a turbulent time, it gives you rest. If you feel like you're in the shadows and no one notices you, you know that God knows you. And it's not just like that he knows you, but he actually knows you because you're in his presence. And he knows everything about you because you, you spend time with him. And so we're going to get the guys to play over us again. And I just wonder if for a minute... You'll invite him into your life and ask him for his presence in your life tonight. Get yourself back there. And if you already are there, just spend a bit of time with him again. And speak to him and let him just minister to you. So let's do that for a minute, guys. <laughs> 